Welcome to another episode of The Expat Wife. My name is Tina and I'm the host of this show. And today I'm so excited because to me today, the guest of the show is like the grand dame of the expat world. <laughs> and it's kind of, she lived everywhere where I lived and she was always the person I was able to go to and ask questions what to expect and she always gave me advices funny enough i realized today we only met once where we had a longer conversation but i think this is probably part of the expat world um but before i talk too much i want to hand over to esther esther who are you where are you and why are you part of my show oh tina good evening thank you so much first for your invitation i am very honored, also a bit emotional to uh, to to meet you again, and uh, yeah, that you invited me for this show. I think is very special. So thank you so much. My name is Esther. I am a mother of seven. <laughs> I'm married um, most of the time, happily married. <laughs> no, I'm happily married, um, and <laughs> living in Thailand at the moment, um, not in Bangkok. We started um, during COVID, and uh, you know how difficult it is to move uh, in COVID times, Tina. Uh, we moved to Bangkok um, and then after living there for around 10 or 11 months, I think, we moved to Hua Hin, which is, um, let's say, three hours south from Bangkok. And um, it's, uh, it's a little, let's say, a town uh, at, the, at the beach. So we're living in a beach uh, town, which is a dream that I always had to live close to the beach. So that's where we at, where we are at the moment. And we are here with our two youngest girls. We are the guardians of two younger girls, and they are 11 and 12. And they are with us. And so my husband and the two girls, and then the five big kids. Um, an oldest girl is 28, our oldest son, 26, living with his girlfriend and their little son. We just became grandparents. Um, our, they are in Bremen in Germany. And then our middle son is living in Vienna. Um, our youngest daughter is living in the Netherlands together with uh, her younger brother, our youngest son. And he's still studying. Um, he's studying business, international business and law in Leiden. So that's us, Tina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> and this is this is why I am so excited myself about this episode today because I have to admit, um, when I was preparing for the show, I thought, "Oh, Esther, I know everything about Esther." Um, and as more as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I don't know nothing. I knew you had seven children, which, and I met you in China where you were still with your seven children, right? They were all with you. We came to China with five. So our middle son, youngest daughter, youngest son, and the two little girls who went to school for the first time in China, the little ones, started in uh, in SSIS with two amazing teachers, I have to say, in an amazing environment where they uh, that started to flourish. Yeah, so five. And the two oldest one, um, once they stayed in the Netherlands. Yeah. Okay, and so then let's start in the beginning. What made you become an expat wife? 
what is Ooh, your husband Tina, that doing? Goes back, yeah, that goes back a long, long time. So I met my husband um, when I was quite young. I was 16, but um, I think I always say he, he immediately liked me, but I I had to, you know, I had to find my feet a little bit. I was only 16. But then we met again when I was 18. And actually, we married very, quite fast. I was 20 when we got married. And then my, yeah, 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 he was 24. And um, he was working um, in agriculture. So he um, uh, worked for a company in the Netherlands. And um, we worked, he worked, it was in Rotterdam. He worked there for around, yes, 88 till 93, exactly. And then we started our first adventure. Um, as you know, the wall came down, was 89, Tina, I think. Yeah. The wall came down yeah. in, in Germany, was 89. Was 89. And we, yeah, we left um, to Germany in 93. And we went indeed to East Germany. Where, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yes, when my husband started to uh, be the general manager of an um, uh, agricultural company, so they made animal uh, food, so he's an animal nutritionist, and they had a lot of storage for, for corn and um, yeah other things. And so uh, I started then to study in Dresden at the University of Music, and that was in 93 was our start where there was still the, the brown coal, you remember, and the Trabant. And yes. that's that's when we started. And so I mean, maybe everyone who's not from, from Europe or yeah. doesn't know, but it was very I remember I was was in Eastern Germany because my fam parts of my family still lived there in 91. Yeah. And I remember it was so gray, wasn't it? And yeah. yeah. It was gray. It was, um, you know, because of the, the materials that they used to heat the, the houses. It was quite, yeah, smog, smoggy, really. But what was so exceptional was the way the people were living together. The social, the community was in, amazing. We had an amazing time in, in that part of Germany. It, it was, you know, you saw the country, how it was, you know, how they were trying to build it up. The, the roads, we had so many traffic jams where, you know, people who were more prepared than, than we were, they started to, you know, get their little, um, you know, heaters out of the car and started to make food on the, on the side of the road because of so many traffic jams in that time. But the, the, the nature in the part where we were, we were in Altenburg, close yeah, in between Leipzig and Dresden. It was beautiful. Two of, two of our kids, our oldest kids, were born in Germany. And the care that we had from the doctors in the hospital there where they were born was, was amazing. The love and care in that time was, was just amazing, mm. amazing time we had. And I, I studied there in Dresden um, at the University of Music, which was an exceptional experience. I've learned so much in that environment. You know, when the wall came down, there was, of course, um, a lot of um, yeah, positioning was placed on sports and on on music, on the classical, on the theater, and so I was exposed to the most brilliant professors and teachers, teachers who would be in 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 master classes with 
you know, maybe those who know Elizabeth Schwarzkopf, those were my teachers who were singing in the Semper Opera. Those were my teachers. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the time that we had in Eastern Germany. So yeah. you are a professional singer? I studied music, yes. I studied singing um, because of the, the way the expat life sometimes is. I was never able to finish. So I did three years and I had to do four. So I never had my bachelor's. That's one of the things that sometimes is difficult when you are traveling with your husband, isn't it? That you sometimes mm -hmm. have to let go of some dreams. But on the other hand, um, I was able to do a lot of concerts. I grew up. Um, you know, with with choir and and classical music, so I sang a lot in in the Netherlands, in Germany, even in Vietnam, in the opera house in Vietnam, in Thailand, in China. So it it you know I I took the talent that I had and the yeah the the the, the teaching that I received in Germany I took it with me and it it has helped me in many areas and gave me a lot of you know. Um, happiness, you know, teaching children and taking the experience to do, you know, choirs was amazing. Yeah. Didn't you even, uh, now we are jumping a few years uh, mm -hmm. ahead, didn't you even found a, a parent choir in at the school in China? This is just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And you remember the Christmas tree lightings where the whole school yeah. and teachers and parents, you know, like I would say maybe 1,500 people gathered around this huge tree in the lobby and then the kids and the parents singing Christmas songs and then we would light the tree. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I did, I'm not sure if I mentioned, but Esther and I agreed that we don't, don't talk much before I interview her. So now you will see me all, hear me all the time being in this awe of, oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so and then and then you stayed in in yeah, Dresden. In '97, we we moved back to the Netherlands for three years in the Netherlands, and actually, Johan then was asked to return to his first company, and so um, that's what we did. Our time in Germany, we felt, was over, and so we moved back to the Netherlands. I was pregnant from the third, actually. <laughs> Um, a, a crazy amount of, you know, uh, international moves. So if you need any advice, please see me. But um, this one, pregnant with two little ones, because one was born in 95, the other one in 96, and we moved back to the Netherlands oh. in 97. So um, then Johan started to um, travel into Asia, and actually a huge, um, you know, part to cover Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, Uh, Vietnam, Thailand, Philippines. So he started to travel from the Netherlands to, at the end, you know, be able to say, okay, we're going to go somewhere overseas and um, find a place as an expert to live. And actually, three years later, after two children were born in the Netherlands and I was pregnant with number five, we, <laughs> we got the call and the question if we wanted to move to Asia. So in 99, we went for a look-see to um, Thailand and the Philippines. And um, we decided that uh, we were called to go um, live in Bangkok. And so on the 27th of August in 2000, we arrived for the first time uh, in Thailand 
to with five with four kids and one on the way to live in Thailand. And and how was this? I mean, this was this was. I always I always say. Uh, life pre-internet or at least at least pre-Facebook was completely. I mean, you really moved, right? Yeah, it's it's Definitely. not like nowadays where yeah, like you know, we are still in touch and we lived ten years ago in the same country. But how was this to move completely? This was a challenge, to be honest. Yes, but. Um, When we went, when we came in 99, it was December, in 99 for our look-see, we actually met an amazing lady who became <laughs> almost emotional because of it, who became one of my best friends and still is. And she, um, we met her, um, We went to church. It was Advent Sunday, so we went to church and wanted to, you know, look how the community was. And afterwards, the pastor said, "Oh, there is someone here from the Netherlands. Um, I would like to introduce you." So we went down and we met. And um, during this trip, I said to you, "You know, when I move, I want to make, you know, I want to make myself useful in the community. I want to become." someone that would be able to bring something to the table to help. And so um, I took a little suitcase <laughs> with baby clothing because, you know, we, we had all these clothes for little ones. And I said to Jon, you know, Jon's like, what is this little suitcase? And I said, just leave it. It's my suitcase with little, you know, clothes for kids because I want to give something away when we are there. And so when I met this lady, I asked her, I said, you know, is, is, is the community here doing anything you know, to help the poor and the needy? And she said, well, actually, um, I am involved in an organization. It's my organization for AIDS and HIV. And so, you know, I said to her, I said, well, I have this suitcase with clothing. Would you be interested? And she said, yes, absolutely. And, you know, in that time, AIDS and HIV was, you know, it was coming up and nobody mm -hmm. really knew what, what was happening and what it was. So I was a bit afraid, you know, I was like, I've got four kids in the Netherlands. I want to come back safe and sound. And so, um, you know, she asked and she said, would you like to come and see the shelter that we are having here as an organization? And I said, yeah, actually, yes, I would like to come. So we took the little suitcase, and um, as we came to the to the shelter, my friend speaking uh, fluent Thai, uh, one of the girls that was living there at the moment, she came and she said in Thai to my friend, I have to pick up my little one tomorrow from the hospital, but I don't have any clothes. Oh. And my friend turned around <laughs> and said, look, someone is needing clothing. And I said, well, here it is. And so this little child came in the little bag that we gave, <laughs> came home from the hospital as in a carrier, and the clothes were right in the right place and in the right spot. And this lady became my friend when we came back in August 2000, and that has helped me a lot to have a good relationship with someone You know, that is like a net under you that helps you. I was pregnant, of course, from the fifth one. And she was the one who helped me to find the right hospital, the right um, doctor, and who was there when I needed someone because my husband still was traveling 
only from Bangkok, but still. And indeed, you know, when you wanted to call your parents, you had to set a date, you know, you, you would receive a postcard saying, when can we call again? And you would say, okay, then and then, you know, because indeed you had to pay a fortune to have a phone call Mm -hmm. and yeah. And, and you needed to make the time with the time difference for that. We are so, you know, we are so blessed that we have the internet and can connect by phone in a more easy way. It It's a huge difference. It, yeah, it, it, it it was um Thailand was good for us Bangkok was great and the community that we found was amazing but yeah you could if you wouldn't find the the right people it could be a very lonely place do you feel this this has changed nowadays that it maybe it was easier um back then because people were a lot more relying on each other or is it still I, the same No, I think what what you are saying, Tina, is right, that in that time you had to reach out to each other because that, you know, and I think it still is, you you are my family here, correct? And so we need each other. And um, um, because of the internet, we are more connected with, with our family, with our friends overseas. And it might maybe sometimes take away from the fact that, hey, We also need each other right where we are. This I is so think. funny. This is now going completely off topic. And I, yeah, mm. but I had exactly this feeling when we moved, the last move we had for the first two, three months, I didn't reach out to people because I still had my network all over the world. You know, in terms yeah. of, and because I I didn't feel the need of going out. I mean, now I, I, I went out, now I have my friends and I, at a certain point you needed it, but it's, it is very different. This is, yeah, just, yeah, because you have and people think, you can talk yeah. to. Yeah. And, and I think um, sometimes it probably really takes away from the expat experience that you have to go out. And when you go out, you know, without looking on your phone the whole time, the things mm-hmm. that you see, you know, around the road. And I mean, when we came to Bangkok or once a week, my, you know, when my husband would be in town, he would take me out, you know, we would have a date night and we, we would sit in the tuk-tuk and go, you know, several places. And the fact, you know, that you could enjoy this whole easy experience with flavors and, and smells and colors and, you know, total different environment and and you you had to go out because otherwise you would be lonely mm-hmm. and um and i think we are experiencing a different loneliness in these in these times with internet as you say you don't go out and you do have this internet experience but at the end you miss the real warmth of the real connection of sitting with someone drinking a coffee and exchanging and helping And reaching out. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah. It's interesting. You see, I, I never really thought about this, how much you actually miss out. I sometimes thought, oh, you know, it gives me, it gives a kind of a relief that you have this support system all over the world. But no, in the end, yeah, this is true. You you are, you are, re- you are missing out a lot. This is true. And, and if I look, you know, like now, I still have so many connections with people that I made this deeper connection with that it's really amazing. And, you know, the, 
yeah, the love that I feel and indeed also the emotional side of it, you know, the deepness that I had with several people in the relationship, that's amazing. And that is because you give yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very special. It is. So yeah, yeah. And so we did we did four years here in Thailand and um I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot. Um how to yeah how to how to behave you know in as an expert how to um yeah try to honor the country that you live in and um especially as well i think because i was so involved with the work of the ngo and um the the church community that we found was an amazing experience every wednesday we had you know what you said about uh, earlier before when we were speaking about you know the lunches that you can take you know that you can go to and people sometimes say why do you do that because of this connection mm-hmm. every wednesday we had a huge group of women 60 70 sometimes 80 women meet and then we we had studies together you know every, several groups that you could choose from um we had salad luncheons where everybody would take something you know and you would be tasting all these amazing tastes from around the world and um still from from this time i have connections deep connections and we had the christmas celebrations easter celebrations going out for conferences and i learned a lot um, during that time how to organize events how to bring women together how to gather them how to see you know okay where are the needs um what could i do to help provide um women with 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 a net with a care net you know that that really happened here in thailand that i started to learn how how would I be able to help women to grow? Mm-hmm. This is wonderful, and this is it is interesting because this is now I'm I'm moving, jumping a few heads years ahead again. This is yeah. how I how I um, always saw you from the distance that you were this person who was jumping in and connects people and brings people together, um, which is extremely important. I think for the community that there needs to be someone who is doing this. But so where you did so, but now going back to so in 2004 you you left Bangkok. Yeah, it was um, actually quite amazing. Um, one day I got a phone call from Johan was around October 2004, and he said, "Esther, actually they are offering uh, us to move to Vietnam to." Uh, for him to become the general manager of one of the parts of the company in Vietnam. And I actually immediately felt, yeah, yes, it's time. We we can move on. And so in November, we went um, to a, for a look-see to Vietnam, to Saigon. And I still remember, you know, when you come out of the airport there and all these bikes just flying around. <laughs> You don't have that. You don't have that as much in any place, I think, as in Saigon, in Vietnam, especially when you come out of the airport. And I'm like, wow, what is this? I I, I immediately loved the country. It was amazing. And so um, that was on the birthday of of our middle son, actually, on the fourth of November, two thousand and four. And Johan said, "Well, 
as you know, sometimes you have the choice, shall we go in January or shall we go in August? Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, I'm so excited about this new step. Let's move. And so in December, um, just before the Christmas holidays, we packed everything up. And instead of going to PP in 2004, we went um, for Christmas to the Netherlands. And then on the second day of Christmas, we heard that the tsunami hit in Thailand. Oh, that was, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And we were actually planning to have our holiday in Pipi and we cancelled. And so we were not there when the tsunami hit. And uh, yeah, it's quite special to, to know that, you know, we weren't there at that moment. So that was in 2004. And it so in a very special, yeah, yeah this, this stuck, it's in your not stuck is the wrong word, but this, yeah, this is yeah. something. Wow. Okay. It was amazing. Yeah. Like not amazing, but you know, the fact that you knew that we were actually planning, we would go several times to PP because the snorkeling was so beautiful there. And um, yeah, we were, we were going there and then we canceled. And the second day of Christmas, we, we drove to, uh, to visit the family. And then my mother-in-law stopped us and she said, this is just happening now, this huge tsunami. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, it took a lot of lives in, in PP. Yeah. Yeah. This maybe I don't know if, if everyone remembers, but this was, it was a huge tsunami who hit Thailand and Sri Lanka, wasn't it? And yeah, it, it, yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. And many, many lives were lost. And yeah, yeah. the... Well, yeah, it's uh, a big, big uh, natural disaster, really. So, yeah, and then indeed when we um, we came back, we immediately moved um, to Vietnam, where the year at that moment started with, you know, actually looking if, if all the students were back because they had some uh, students that traveled to Thailand, but no life was lost. We, there were some people who were stuck you know, during that time and had to run for their lives, but everybody came back safe and sound. So, yeah, that's how we started uh, in Vietnam. And it it was, uh, yeah, in the school, uh, in the British International School there that we placed our kids. We found an amazing house just one kilometer from school. It became, actually, maybe you 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 know it, it, it became the French school. It was such an amazing house. <laughs> it became a oh, school. Wow. It became a school. <laughs> That's how big the house was. You know, when we when we looked at the internet, at the British school, the children really said, like, if we if we have to move schools, this would be the school that we would like to go to. And then I said to you, you know, let's just start driving. Um, you know, uh, and and see if if we can find something. And as we are driving one kilometer, there's a huge house on the on the corner. And um, as we are driving past, I said, "Stop the car!" There's there it says for rent. So went in, and it was it had exactly the amount of bedrooms that our family needs six <laughs> at that time. <laughs> and everybody was excited. It had a swimming pool in the back of the garden and 
um, it, it, it then became known as the party house because, you know, when you have a house like that, you need to share it. So we had school parties there. We had women's luncheons, many women's luncheons in the garden. Um, and we had, this, you know, the students, the kids who would have their end-of-year parties or their Christmas parties, and they would easily bust the kids to, to the corner house and we had <laughs> parties, party galore. So, yeah, kids would come past our house and say, oh, mom, there's the party house, which I love that my house was called a party house. It was, that, that was a good feeling. So, yeah. That and indeed we, um, you know, as as yeah, as you say, I love to connect people. I love to take care that people have, you know, are able to make connections. I don't have to be in all these connections, but I want to be able to give it so that people have the possibility to find someone that they can connect to. And the most beautiful thing is indeed when I see that. Uh, women, families, children start to connect because of you know what you what you are able to offer. So yeah, we had we whenever mm -hmm. we could have a lunch, <laughs> we would try and find that I find a solution or an, an event that we could you know Valentine's, Christmas, Easter, international, name it, and we would we would find a, find an idea to lunch, and so you know 60, 70, 80 women would sometimes come and be in the garden. And we, we would be able to give it for everyone for free. So it was an amazing time. Yes, Vietnam was, was beautiful. It, it sounds absolutely. Um, yeah, and then, um, wow. And then, so how long did you stay in Salon? So we came in January 2005 and we left in June 2008. So we were there around three and a half years. Um, the yeah, we the community in that time was amazing. It was a small expat community, but um, yeah, we we connected all in in so many ways. You know, you would play tennis with this person, you would swim with that person. There would be book clubs. There would be interesting outings. It it was it was a very warm community that we had. Um, at the British International School during that time, so we stayed there, and um, yeah, then then we got an offer to move to Hungary. Yeah, and because this, I, I I just started to count because I was like, oh, we we are getting closer to Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which Hungary? Hungary, you loved Hungary, Tina, didn't you? Um. Yes, I have. I have to say, I am. Um, yes, I, I, I loved the. I love the culture. Um, everything is as which surrounded, and we met actually our our landlord last week. We had in Hungary, um, because the warmth and the niceness of the Hungarian people at this time, I felt like, was absolutely amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, it's changing. I think at the moment, at least what I hear from friends, but, um, and I was talking to another friend that, yeah, I mean, Hungary, Hungary is this country. It's very rough on the outside and very lovely in the inside. <laughs> this is how I, I feel. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And, um, I think we, um, 
it was it was not an easy move because um I love Asia. I think, you know, the temperature is really beautiful. And then you come to Hungary. I mean, you made the move from China to Hungary, but from Vietnam to Hungary, I think I was two years really, really cold, <laughs> not able to warm up because, you know, the difference in temperature and also such a different way of living. Mm -hmm. But again, if you start to give yourself to the community, um, At the end, we had the same school. We we also had our kids in Britannica. And there, you know, um, again, community relationships is, is I think, what, what helps you through. Mm. And there we met um, two beautiful friends um, from a charity that is called Love is the Answer. And we started to, you know, work with them to help them during um, – they work um, with um, the – the yeah let's say the very poor cities in 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 the border area and um yeah we 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 started to help during camps and we started to do fundraising um we took uh the kids from the service group from Britannica to bring christmas presents that the whole school you know gave towards um the villages that we were going to visit and um we took the kids the students as well on a trip and it was It was an experience, I think, that they will never forget, but that we will never forget, you know. And so there's always in the connection that you make with people, there is your, yeah, there is your chance to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think um, especially, let's say, Tina, you, you and I, we still have children. And that is a, a, a big, you know, a big asset that you can go to a school and, Um, in a more easy way, find friends or at least people, you know, that you can easily connect to. I think when you move around without children, it probably is more challenging. So indeed, especially when you are moving around on your own, try to find somewhere a connection so that you have a, a net surrounding you that you know, when, when times maybe are getting a bit challenging or difficult, that you have people around you that you can call upon. That's, that's really important. Yeah. And as you travel as a family, you know, keep that family life, have your meals together, have your time as a family to go on a holiday. If it's possible, you know, make the time to, to really, have this connection as a family unit because your children need this as they are traveling. And like in our case, in, through so many countries, you need each other to survive. Absolutely. And and when I sometimes look at my children and their relationship, I don't know about yours, but I, I have a sense it's probably similar. They are extremely close. Of, clo of course, they can fight, they can... They can call each other names and they can be their worst enemies, but there's a very strong connection on the on the in the foundation. And sometimes I feel we as a family because you need each other. Whenever you move, you fall first, you fall just back on yourself. And there is no yeah, it, it because it always takes a little bit of a while to meet people and make for the kids to make friends. This yes. is yeah. I don't know how how I assume it's for you it's the same, isn't it? That I have to say, Tina, again, I get a little emotional when I talk about my kids. They are amazing. 
They mm-hmm. are absolutely amazing. The way they support each other is is above and beyond. I'm sometimes looking at my husband and I say to him, how on earth is it possible that they are this close, that they are taking care of each other with such a love and care? You know, when um, when we celebrate our birthdays or, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, Father's Day, Mother's Day, you know, we, we celebrate, you know, with, with cooked meals, with with flowers, with presents, with gifts, small ones, doesn't need to be big, but, you know, we, we celebrate. And then you see the pictures, how the oldest daughter prepared for her brother, for the oldest one, when they were living together in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. And you just see the love and the care and how, how they took the same way in preparing the table, in preparing, you know, a special time for someone. Like um, this this year, um, yeah, last year, November, our middle son lived in Hong Kong for five years. And he left Hong Kong. He, he did his um, bachelor's there. He left Hong Kong, was with us for a few months just to reconnect, you know, to himself and to see what, what, what do I want to do now. Um, and um, then he decided, okay, I'm going back. I'm going to start uh, a business in Vienna, some friends, uh, together with some friends. And so last year was his first birthday in November back in, in Europe. And what happened was that the other four, with the girlfriend of the oldest son, they drove through the night to be there on his birthday. Oh, that's beautiful. It's And then you see the picture and, and you're like, wow, they do this for each other to support. They have such a bond. And as you say, of course, things happen. That That's in every family. And that's in families where people talk, things happen. Let's be honest. But this amazing, incredible love that they took the effort and then you see them hands and hands or arms, you know, it's just beautiful. The oldest son just uh, got his little his little son in uh, in January. And he and his girlfriend, you know, they, they of course, were sorting out uh, furniture. And there's my two girls, the oldest ones. And they, you know, they find the bed and they find... Uh, all kind of things and bring it and help, you know, clean the houses they were moving. And the youngest one, I don't know how many times he moved his older brother because he was moving around so much. And every time he stood there and helped, you know, this it's, it's amazing that we are not there, but they are still in a, in an amazing family bond, taking care of each other helping Mm -hmm. each other, supporting. And that is, um, yeah, that is a gift. And that that is what the expert life, I think, has done as well. We are a unit. Mm -hmm. And then I I have to say, you are a very special person. I think you you probably (laughs) brought this, you know, the sense (laughs) of community, of course, in your family or out of your family to the community. I don't know which way, but yeah. Um, 
I think it would be surprising if it would be different, considering how much you do for community and how much you care for other people. Um, yeah, yeah, I I always um, I always think that our our children are amazing. You know that we, you know we we took the younger girls in when they were only, not even one and not even two, and um, you know they they came to us in 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 very serious uh, circumstances. They 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 were not healthy. They they had quite a, a difficult start in life. And without our kids, we would have never been able mm -hmm. to do what we what we did and how the girls are doing now and i say i always i think that our kids are are special they are they are the ones and um yeah they are they are special <laughs> it absolutely sounds like but now when we are talking about the two girls so um this is this is kind of where because we met in 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 china and this is kind of where i have some distance ideas what what you were talking about but so you met your two girls in in Hungary in right yeah in Budapest. so um yeah we um also uh, found um a church community in in Budapest and um one day um our youngest daughter Uh, came and introduced um, the mother of the girls. She was pregnant with the youngest one and she had uh, the oldest of the youngest two already. And so there we got introduced and um, we one she 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 was in a in a house for battered women living with the oldest little one. And so when we uh, did an outreach uh, for a Thanksgiving dinner, I had my youngest daughter with me again and and she walks into the house and she says mom the mom with the little girl is here she's living here and so that's more or less how we got connected with the mom and um yeah you you know sometimes our lives are just not always um from a picture book and so her yeah. life was quite difficult and um, then she gave birth to the youngest girl and um, yes, yeah, through um, yes, some issues, she landed on the streets in Budapest with the two girls. And um, one night, my oldest daughter, our oldest daughter, got a phone call from the mom who said to our oldest daughter, um, I, I can't take care of them at the moment. It's, it's too much. It was in February, um, 2013, and it was it was really cold. You know, Hungary can be really cold, yes. and it was raining. And um, so we decided to to pick the girls up, and um, it was um, in the time that we were actually preparing to move to Germany, close to Berlin. Okay. So my husband was already working in Germany, and so. We had I had seven kids <laughs> to take care of, and these two girls came. Uh, they 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 were yeah trauma traumatized girls, and yeah. so um, without our oldest kids, I would have never ever been able to to manage and to yeah to be able to bring the girls at where they are now. 
How so old were you? I've just tried. I'm. I've lost a bit count. How old were your were your were your uh, five older ones at that yeah. point? The oldest one was, um, I think, just maybe 17 or just 18, just okay. 18. And then um, 16, 15, 14, and 12. Yeah. Oh, wow. This is this is amazing. Okay. Yeah. And so it was not easy, you know, especially um, when when the girls needed a lot of attention because when you met them in China – They were four and three, and we we did we were not able at that moment. Just you know, when they came to China, it was the first time that they were going to school, because these girls just needed to to get structure. So when when we moved to Berlin, um, in in Budapest, I was also involved. You know, in the PTA, in in the NGO, Love is the Answer. Um, having home groups again in our house i i i put actually everything on hold just to be there for the girls and to it to raise to start to raise them to help them um how to eat when they came they they didn't speak a word they didn't even say mama so everything that that yeah that that, that they know now we instilled in them as a family yes So I I, I I remember when 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 you were in China there was yeah there was from you this incredible support this there was this huge understanding the school was just amazing for understanding and for for how to work around anything a child needs and yeah I this is what what I always loved about the school that there was a team of teachers where the main goal was to make sure each individual child is supported. It was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I have to say, Tina, what you say, and I think this is something that I maybe could give to to anyone who's listening and who is, you know, who is maybe thinking of moving in the middle of the year or who is anxious because you know you have a child that might have some difficulty to to find their space and place in a new environment. Um, through the learning experience that I had with my older ones, I said to my husband, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to go into the school and I'm going to ask the head of early years, the teachers mm -hmm. of our two girls and the head of learning support and the head, you know, the, the counselor, if we could please have one meeting all together where I only have to tell my story once. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows where these girls come from. And if they feel that there is anything, you know, that we can help as parents or as a family, that they will know immediately where to find me and that they will, that they know what they are having in their hands, where these girls come from. And it was done. And at, I, at this point, I was, I was the, the early years art teacher. And I remember that, um, that the, the teachers came to me and explained the situation and then, you know, and then there were arrangements made and, and what I still remember is, I think it was the younger, your younger daughter, wasn't it? The youngest one where, where they, 
where it was said, okay, we keep her out of the of the art lessons because it doesn't do her good, all these changes. And this is what I loved so much about the school, that there was never a problem of taking kids out of the of the classroom or putting kids into the classroom. Or, you know, there was this, I don't know how to say this, there was this understanding that each child needs something else. And if it has to be changed, it's going to be changed quickly and immediately. And this was just, yeah. That was, yeah, even from the, from me as a, as a, you know, usually it's maybe something as usually single subject teachers are usually a bit looked down at, <laughs> like, mm. you know, oh, you just do this. But in this, in this school, there was never a, yeah, you have to do it. It was just always this, how can we work around? And yeah, no. And I, I think you as a, as a mom, that was, I, I knew that, I think we never had any interactions at that point, but I always knew because this is what everyone told me. If there's an issue, Go and ask Esther. And this was just brilliant. I mean, this security. I am I'm forever grateful. Actually, I I wrote <laughs> I wrote a, a, a short note this week to the oldest girls teacher saying, you know, you are forever in my heart. The way that these teachers stood up for my girls mm -hmm. just made them made them grow, made them strong. You know, one one time, um, you know, I got um, the message. Um, you know, we we see some difficulties with the oldest one in the canteen, and because I went in, the teacher knew exactly where it came from because in this house where she grew up in the beginning of her life. Everybody was more or less fighting for the food. Mm -hmm. And the oldest one really took care, even as she was so small, that the little one, in yeah. my idea, you know, had something to eat. And so when she came in the canteen and saw all this food, she started to pile up because she thought maybe it's not there tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And because of this, this sensitivity of this teacher, you know, she was able to then say, to the helpers in the canteen, you know, take care because this child is just acting from from earlier days and, you know, piling up because she's not sure if the, if the food is there tomorrow. And the sensitivity of this teacher to then speak to our oldest little one, you know, saying tomorrow there will still be food, you know, lovely girl, and you don't have to pile up. But, you know, this care um, she would, you know, the teachers would write me small emails, you know, short emails saying another day to celebrate for your youngest one or another day to be gloriously proud of your oldest one because the, the support that we had there was absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. It was a great school. And actually, I, I have to say, Tina, that you say this, tell me this, you know, that you were even informed that makes it even more amazing <laughs> yeah no yeah I, I always felt like there was this sense in the school of um we all need to pull together and yeah and i don't know i mean this um i think of course we all notice that schools are going through through changes schools are going through circles but i always this is what i have learned is whenever you choose a new school Go in, have a look, and make sure you see that the teachers are smiling. This is the only advice I can give. If you see the teachers are smiling at you when you are touring a school, you know these teachers are open-minded and um, it is a great school. I don't know if it always, but yeah. Um, yeah, you can. It's, it's something that you feel, enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. 
for yeah. what people are doing. And I have to say, um, you know, the admissions officer, she was amazing. The time that she took to to you know to go with us through the school to show uh, how how learning was taking place then the head of music who immediately invited me you know to to maybe start teaching i'm still i am forever grateful that she asked me and i and i owe her a lot for that so if you listen <laughs> head of music from ssis thank you so much for that <laughs> yeah, the, the opportunity to do that because you know even now students referring back to me you know and i see students that are still working you know in the music and singing and uh, then saying miss esther i'm still singing i'm doing this i'm doing that that is just the yeah most reward that i can get it's amazing Great. this is this is what i need to tell you because it was i remember when you Hold on, wait. Budapest. When did you wait? Stop. We we have missed. <laughs> our, we have missed our Berlin. Hold on. <laughs> I was just huh, because I need to tell you this later when you arrived in 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 China. But hold on, can we just go back to Berlin? Yeah. You moved in Berlin. Moving to Berlin with seven. <laughs> so we we actually um, our oldest daughter stayed back in Budapest because she had to do one more year at Britannica. And um, so she, she of course, drove with us. She, she was driving as well. She was 17 when she got her driver license. And the next day she drove up to, to the villages <laughs> through the snow. But um, uh, we moved um, with, with six and the oldest daughter stayed in, in Budapest. And then, um, yeah, we started a life with the girls in uh, in in. A little village close to Berlin. Um, the children went there to uh, Brandenburg, Berlin Brandenburg International School. The oldest son did his IB there. This was more a time of, I think, for the for the kids, for the older. I think it was for the oldest son definitely a, a great time. He came in in a lovely class, and they had a. Yeah, they had a, a good bond together. Um, sports was good. So that, you know, I think that's very important for your kids to look where are they good at? What do they like? You know, what what is their strength? And I was always looking for something that they were good at to find out, you know, when we lived in Hungary, I would send them to sailing camp on the Balaton. You know, who can say mm -hmm. that I had camp at the Balaton, the biggest lake in Europe, um, you know, and there the boys went for rowing and they went for football, they went for swimming. Um, so very important to look, you know, what is the niche for your kid that it can find um, a group that, that, they, that they love to hang out with, something, you know, that they can do actively. That's very important. But for me, it was more um, a season of, yeah, more being in, in retreat because I was really taking care of the girls, um, trying to, yeah, to, to teach them, you know, mm -hmm. the normal skills that a lot of kids get in their, in their first year. But we were behind. And um, immediately when we came in Germany, we informed the Jugendamt, the childcare 
and mm. they came they <laughs> when they heard the story of the girls the man the, the gentleman who visited us he said well i first have to go home because i've never heard a story like this before oh wow so, yeah yeah it was that yeah it was that desperate and i remember we moved around june end of june and in september i remember that i was um yeah busy with the girls and i looked out of the window and i said to myself i have the idea now that i get a little bit grip back into my life because it was a roller coaster yeah mm -hmm. definitely and so um Yeah, slowly but securely, the, the girls became a part of the family. You know, they grow into your heart. The story is is and will always be, yeah, something that, that you don't that you don't imagine, uh, that you cannot imagine. Um, so special, and especially when you see then how you know how they started to develop in China. So the 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 time in Berlin was very short. We were there less than, uh, I would say, one and a half year. And we moved um, in 2013. Yeah. And then in 2015, <laughs> we packed again. <laughs> and we moved to China. Yeah. And this is and this is what, what I remember. Besides, besides, of course, you know, um, the stories of your girls i um it seemed like you were everywhere and this was so beautiful because i remember that yeah um the 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 admission ladies i think i don't know who it was I, yeah whatever came and we were talking about the psa i can't remember and she was like the psa is now sorted there is Ed, and she's doing everything <laughs> And to, I hope yeah. I'm not, this is why I'm really hoping I'm not insulting someone, but she was like, and Esther knows how to talk to people. And if there are problems, Esther knows how to solve them. And, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope most of the people think like that. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, Tina, I always think that to be able to do what we did um, in Vietnam with the PTA, in China with the PTA, um, in Hungary with the PTA, it always takes a team. And the teams that, you know, we were able to build in Vietnam, in China, the team was amazing. These moms, these women, um, they were, sadly, you know, we, we did never have a man who came to the team, but strong women who wanted the best for their kids and who gave so much of their time and their effort to make the school an even better place. And honestly, um, from the experiences that I had, you know, I, we came in and then you, you know, you drop your kids and you have these young ones, these little girls, and you're like, are they going to make it? You know, the problems that we have, you, you know, the traumas that we're working with, are these teachers able, you know, to do it? And so you walk through the lobby, the big lobby, and then I saw other women, other, other moms sitting there worried also. And, and then I was like, you know, I know, I know how I can help. And so, um, When there was a PSA meeting, I went there 
And then there was just the fact that they needed someone to step in. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I know what could help the school to become an even better place. And so I stepped in. And my, my kids always say, Mom, can you just not? not? <laughs> and I'm like, no, because at the end I know. How can you? I, I need. I need to say thank you for saying this sentence because my kids are constantly like, "Mom, no, mom, no, no, mom, no." And then, home, and then I'm like, um, "I just wanted to let you know I have signed up for this or that or this." Oh, mom, no. <laughs> okay, it's not only my kids. Okay. <laughs> We can shake hands, but you know it's so important because look at what this 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 parent teacher association what they were able to do in the school. This was, you know, we started with a welcome back coffee, and the last ones I remember we had over two hundred parents joining, oh. parents teachers who would find a little gap to come and drink a coffee to present the school. Then we had the coffee morning for newcomers where new parents in all peace and quiet, you know, could ask the questions, the things that they were walking into, the difficulties, or where can I, you know, where can my child go for gymnastics or where can I find a piano teacher or where can I find, you know, and we were able to help the school, you know, take the first hurdles away in which way parents could just so much more easily slide into the SSIS and the systems that, you know, were, were there. And, um, yeah, the, the coffee mornings, the Thanksgiving dinners, the, the Christmas, you know, the, the Christmas oh, yes. tree lighting. The Thanksgiving, the, they were huge. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we had, you know, the chef, we had our own chef cook who, who made the best turkey and the best Thanksgiving meal ever with pumpkin pie. And, you know, the, the, the ladies who were used to set up Thanksgiving tables, that was what I love, you know, to look at which gift each person had and to pull it out and to say, I think you would be great at this. And I think you could do that. And then they started to move and then they started to shine. That's what I love. That's what I love. And to be honest, Tina, did I make mistakes along my way? Yes, I did. And if there's anyone listening who's like, well, Esther, you didn't make my life always easy, then I apologize, you know, because we all, in the in the road that we're walking, we make mistakes. But, you know, um, for me, always the intention is to to make people shine, to get the best out of people. To... And I think this is the whole point, isn't it? When you have the, I think it's all about the intention. You know, when if the intention is about you and you and you, because you want to be, then it's a different intention than to say, hey, I want to have, think the community and we need the community and the community is, is, um, is important. I think, and I think then everyone can excuse when you step on toes, isn't it? I hope so. So thank you. I hope so, Tina. I hope so. It's yeah, funny, because... I have never heard, but this is maybe because I always start sparkling when I when I mention your name, that no one dares to say anything. No one <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for thank you so much for protecting me. 
Yeah. No. You know, at the at the other hand, look, look. I mean, I've never had uh, a fair. You know, the the International Day Fair that we have at SSIS that raised so much money. I mean, the efforts from the team and then the community that would come to celebrate this day with us and the the giving spirit in that community was huge. And the fact that we were able to take care of so many charities because of the funds that we were raising, that was the spirit of the parents mm. and the teachers Absolutely. who were on board and helping and supporting. That's Absolutely. I mean, where, where would you find a, a, an international day like this? I've, I've never met a school that had such a, a huge fun fair. Uh, I have to say, I thought this is normal. And <laughs> now, after several other, now, you know, and I remember, oh my God, you know, because I was, I was working in the German department, so I was the German teacher. Yeah, and and then there was this parade, and I, because of my 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 strange mixed family, I never felt like too German, or I never felt too German all my life. And then I remember someone came to me and was like, "Tina, you're not wearing a dundle," and I was, you know, this German traditional dress, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, because I'm not Bavarian, but no, no, you need to wear a dundle." Anyway, next year I was wearing a dundle. And walking in the parade and being very German, it was huge. The amount of yeah. people, this was, yeah. yeah. And I, no, I, never, was... I never had to wear a dundle in another school later. <laughs> <laughs> Not even in Hanoi? Hold on, we had just arrived. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you see, you never know. And maybe when you are, when you're saying this or... Actually, you know how to organize, you know, uh, a fair like that. So, Tina, off you go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's so funny. But, yeah, so, and then, so, you stayed, how long did you stay then in China? Yeah, we stayed, we came in, um, in March. Uh, we went with the three, all the kids that were going to join. And, um The oldest son was actually in the first year of IB. Um, and um, then Willemijn also graduated at SSIS and Hidde. So we had three kids graduating um, at SSIS. Oh, wow. And um, yeah, and I have to say the support that our kids received in that school was incredible. The oldest, yeah, the middle one, and um, he, he, because of the, the great college counseling, received a full scholarship um, to go to university in Hong Kong. And um, the youngest girl that was with us, she received such good counseling that, you know, she had a, a university that fitted with her in The Hague, in the Netherlands. And then Hidde uh, went for his study of law in, in uh, to Leiden in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, this, um, we, and then we moved in 2019 after Hidde graduated. Yes. Just before COVID hit. Oh, wow. Okay. And you moved back to the Netherlands or you moved? At that time, we moved back to the Netherlands. 
And that was the first time in 19 years that we were coming back to live in the Netherlands. Did you, did you move back to stay there forever? Or did you know you only would stay there for a short time? Um, actually, at that point, we didn't know. But because of COVID, first of all, Johan had to um, had to change his job because of the um, Asian swine flu, the African swine flu in Asia. So his job more or less didn't exist anymore because he couldn't travel to visit um, his customers. So then um, we went back with the same company to the Netherlands. But of course, then COVID hit and he wasn't able to build up. Um, so then more or less he lost his job during COVID. And oh, so, wow. uh, yeah, yeah, it was quite something. So we came back and then, um, with, you know, it, it was clear there was, he, he couldn't do anything. So yeah, what, what as a company you do. So, and then, um, an old friend of ours that Johan met in, in his early days in Asia, when he started to travel in 97, um, a Thai uh, doctor with his wife, they became friends um, through the business. They became friends. And wherever we were, they would always travel and visit us. They came to Vietnam. They came to Hungary. They came to Berlin. They came to China. They came to the Netherlands. And um, he has a company in, in Bangkok. And he said, Johan, why don't you come and work for me? And it was not the first time that he asked, come and work for me. And so Jan said, Esther, what do you think? Shall we, shall we, shall we go for it? And I said, let's do it. So we were, <laughs> we were only one and a half year, I think, in the Netherlands. And then we moved again <laughs> in 2021. Oh, this is interesting. You see, I didn't know this, but because, you know, we moved back to Germany forever in 2019, yeah. just before COVID hit. Uh, and <laughs> um, so I didn't tell this story yet, but so when we, when we moved to Saigon, we got stuck on the flight in Bangkok and you were the one and this is why why you're so special to me as well because you were the one reaching out and said Tina don't worry I have checked for you flight radar everything is sorted you will fly and this was so special yeah. because it kind of came out of the blue because I just text made a post we are stuck at Bangkok we are fine all good but I thought whatever I thought you had stayed there already for a long time so you basically also just arrived in Bangkok Correct. We arrived in the Netherlands on my birthday, July 27, 2019, and we moved, let's say, back to Thailand in April 2021. Oh, wow. So you moved also in the middle of the pandemic. Yes, yes. And, um, and actually, to be honest, Tina, I did, I did um, almost a year of homeschooling. For yeah. the girls, because when we came, um, we we started to live in Bangkok, actually in the same uh, apartment uh, buildings that we were in when we were there in 2000. And so when we came back, guards even recognized us and asking how, you know, how the big kids were. And so, um, yeah, it was that was also quite 
a thing, you know, you come in and they're like, oh, we remember you, you, you live there and there. And um, our youngest son was actually born in Bangkok Gardens in, in the apartment. So everybody knows, you know, the family because it was quite something. <laughs> Doing a home birth, unexpected home birth. Yeah, we had that too, Tina. Uh, unexpected home birth. My it is, I think it is so amazing because I think you really had everything what you know i think everyone who is an expert can listen to this and think oh 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 yeah no i know this oh i know this <laughs> yeah so you can you know if you have any questions just call but yeah my husband more or less did the uh, did the did the whole uh, bringing in of the fifth one of the fifth baby so when we came back you know um the schools in bangkok are very very expensive And um, what I did is that I brought all the materials that they were having in the Netherlands because, of course, we came in the middle of the school year. So I brought all these things. And then I said to myself, you know, instead of being online because it's COVID, I can do it myself. And I did it. Yes. <laughs> so I never thought I would be able to homeschool, but I did it for, uh, yeah, for almost a year. Oh wow! But of course, I mean, doing 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 the pandemic, it wasn't always the smartest thing to 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 pay for a school, right? When you and so how how did this go when you when you did all this um, homeschooling? Um, actually, to be honest, I really, really most of the time, actually, I really enjoyed it. Because um, I was able to see where the girls were at. Um, I was able to to um, implement um, items and subjects that I also find very important. And um, we did a huge <laughs> a huge project on Egypt. And even um, the youngest girl this year. And the teacher that she's having now is amazing as well. Is is a great teacher. But she said, "Mom." Egypt was so much more interesting with you. And I said, you know, <laughs> I'm so I'm really glad to hear that. But you as a as a parent, you know what where the interests are from your children, and you can really, yeah, you can really bring it to them in a way that you know they are going to receive it. And when you see that they are struggling, you're right there to say, Hey, let's go through this. Let's, you know, let's put some extra effort in there. And um, I was able to organize um, swimming lessons, you know, in the pool, someone. I am, I'm always also looking, you know, for things that I'm like, okay, what would be good for this, for this child, for this child? And both of them, you know, like swimming, especially the youngest one. So I had them on swimming. And even during the pandemic, I just went down and had them in the pool. And when people would say what I, I would say, no, these girls need to move. Kids need to move because it's already hard enough to stay upstairs for such a long time. They need to move. So I had that and um, I really, really enjoyed the homeschooling. I admire the parents who are doing this, you know, for many more years than I have done it. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, have, I really enjoyed the time that we had together. It was very special. It was very special. And how did you feel about the the miss of community that must must have been difficult for you isn't it as as you're such a community person 
that's true. Um, um, on the other hand, it was also um, good to have time for myself. Because even in the short time in the Netherlands, um, again, very involved, you know, started a, a women's group there, small one, but, you know, because with the rules of COVID, it had to be small. Mm -hmm. But indeed, the, the sense of community and to bring uh, women and families together in the Netherlands, I did that as well and still connected with these women. So if you are listening, <laughs> hello from Thailand, and I do miss you girls. <laughs> but um, it was also good to retreat and, um, yes, yeah, see where am I at? What am I doing? What would I like to do in the next months, in the next year? And um, to really be able to focus on the girls because, yes, I'm very much, you know, in the community and helping. But I do um, understand sometimes when my kids would say, mom, it was a lot because, yeah, it was a lot. And I'm therefore so grateful that we are still having such a strong bond as a family because they had they had to help a lot. You know, when your mom organizes a lot, you might see it the same. Your kids are always the last ones to come home, yeah? Uh -huh. But um, yeah, it it gave me the time to to look at my next steps. And um, uh, my oldest girl, you know, sent me a link um, that was um, uh, about a coaching site. You know, starting to do coaching and the training. And uh, one night in November, a new email came in, and I was I said to to my husband, I said, you know. This is what I would like to do. I said, I would like to do this course. And then I would like to move to Hua Hin. Because in the time that we were living in Bangkok in 2000 until 2004, when you would have problems, you know, mental health problems or relational problems, or maybe just problems in, in raising your kids. In Hua Hin, there was nothing really no institution, no psychologist, no life coach that would be able to help. So these families always had to travel to Bangkok or to Chiang Mai for help. And I said to you, and I really would like to move to Hua Hin and to open my own uh, coaching company, my own coaching uh, company. And so I did the study and Johan um, said, okay, if that is how you feel and if that is your vision, when we will go and visit and see what the possibilities are. And we did. And, and funny so, enough, when I saw what you are doing, I was like, if I can imagine a person being a life coach and supporting others, it's you. It felt like, yep, yeah, fits, perfect. That's just amazing. So, but yeah, but sorry, keep on going. I just wanted to, yeah, it, I, yeah, no, I wasn't surprised. Yeah. So, um, and then um, we, when I was on the internet, I saw that there was a, a clinic here um, in Hua Hin, um, very professional uh, on the website, on the internet. And I said to myself, if, I, if I'm going to start something here, then I want to be with this clinic. And I wrote an email <laughs> and I just wrote from the heart who I was, what I've done, and I said, I think I would be, you know, fitting perfectly 
in in your clinic as a life coach. So um, the next morning, I had an answer that said, "Could you please come and visit us because we're very interested in 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 you as a life coach." And um, during that time, we actually had to go back for a business meeting for Johan. So I said, I cannot come t today, but I'm very willing to come back uh, in a week and and start, you know, talk to you. And they were very enthusiastic. Um, and they said, we want to to offer you the position here. So I'm, I'm in the clinic now. And um, yeah, I've been able... Uh, to help already a lot of people, a lot of clients, and it's um, it's it's my passion. I'm 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 really the job that I'm having now is is my passion. Yeah. So wow. that's where we are now in Hoahin. This this is just this is just incredible. Just no, just one question about your husband. So what is he doing now in in? <laughs> You know, yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I said, I said, I said earlier before we we started recording, I said something about we all watched the Barbie movie. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, I would never ever say that because he's only Ken. Um, Johan is an, such an important part of my life. Yeah, my biggest support, um, incredible dad. Um, Like now, um, yeah, a huge support. He is um, still working uh, with the company of our friends, but he can do a lot from home and um, travels uh, twice a month back and forth to Bangkok. Um, so he is working still as well, and I'm here in the clinic um, providing the coaching, the coaching services. And the girls go to school, and of course, I... <laughs> The chair of the PTA. <laughs> I wanted to ask. Can you believe it? Yes, I can. <laughs> And oh, that's what happened. This is indeed, Tina, how small the world is. So I was already looking on the internet and um, saw the school where I was thinking, you know, this would be perfect after the homeschooling to get the girls back on track again, to get them, you know, getting used to school again. And so we visit the school. Um, it's, it's, I, I think you would love it, Tina. I think you would absolutely love it. It is a very like rural place with a lot of green and outside playing. And, um, uh, we started to communicate with the principal and then, you know, I, wrote a little bit of the story, you know, we are this and this family, we lived here and here and here, and these girls came to our house, hold in, you know, in Hungary. And then she said to me, I'm not sure, she said, but are you the Esther from Vietnam? <laughs> and I said, yeah, <laughs> I am. And she said, I am one of the teachers, and I know you and your family. And then, of course, it came out that we knew each other. And so she was like, Esther, could you please help me set up a parent-teacher association? And I said, of course. So we 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 uh, we set up an after coaching uh, after COVID PTA because they they had something before COVID started, but you know through COVID so many things got lost sadly. Mm -hmm. So she said, could you start it up again? And I said, yeah. So we have had some amazing events already. 
<laughs> it's a small school, but we had, you know, barbecues and like uh, a few weeks ago, a fun fair with uh, with a quite a good amount of people enjoying. So, yeah, what's what's new? <laughs> this is just amazing. I I love how you you always just be there and do stuff and. I mean this this story with what I just wanted to say um with 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 your life coaching and that you're now working in this clinic what I love about this story so much is this I don't know maybe I'm I'm wrong but what I like is you so you were following your husband all the time you supported him and now it's like okay you know what now it's your turn I can I can travel you do this and this is I think this is extremely special That is I, I, yeah, I definitely agree. The incredible support um, of my husband is, yeah, you know, yeah, we would never be able to do what we have been doing without this amazing support and, and team spirit that we have. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, in February, we went to Bremen to, to visit Uh, our oldest son because they just had their little their little baby and all the whole family came to Bremen for the first time I think in two or three years so all oh. of us together with dogs and <laughs> and babies and kids. <laughs> and um and as we were driving back from this incredible weekend with each other you know where on Friday evening all the kids were sitting there making the jokes you know that you You just are so so recognizable for the unit that you are, and I was looking at them and and so overjoyed and and then driving back after this incredible weekend together, and I looked at my husband and I said, "I would do it again with you." Oh, yeah. So and don't think you know all every marriage has its its heights and its depths, and we had that. Definitely, but, but I think this is part of the journey, isn't it? Sometimes it is. It is, and I I do think Tina, when you are an expat um, and an expat family and ex and an expat marriage, it takes uh, sometimes a lot of strength because you don't have this net around you sometimes that would be able to help you. You know, when you go through difficulties as a couple or as a family. But um, yeah, we have uh, we have been able to to make it, and that's a miracle in itself. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, listening to your story, it is absolutely it's absolutely unique because yeah, it feels like you know every every part of your story is like I uh, this is what someone yeah and here like I say I think to your story everyone can relate to parts of your story. Um, But this seeing this as a whole, it's huge. And yeah, um, the thing is, I, I have so much questions because I was I was writing down questions, and one question that came up right in the beginning, and I would like to ask you. Yes, um, you said when you left. Hold on, I think it was your first assignment. That was Bangkok, was it? Yeah. No, it was Berlin. Uh, not Berlin, Dresden. You, you said, "Oh, um, you had the feeling it was your time over, and you could, and you have to move." And you said the same thing about Budapest. So, 
what was it that made you realize it's time to move? This is, um, this is of course, a, a very personal belief um, that uh, we have, that I have. That is that um, I am a Christian. So um, we strongly feel guided um, by what we believe. We believe that God is, you know, is, is, is guiding us mm -hmm. to every new position that we take. When we look to China, it was not an easy period in our life. Um, we only moved and, you know, very short period of time. And then we had to pick up everything again. And, and we were without a job. And um, then the day after, um, you know, Johan got told, you know, that your time here in, in, in Berlin is, is over, people started to call and ask him, you know, can you not work for us? And can you not come here? And, and we were looking at each other like, what's happening? You know, what are we going to choose? And um, there was a day I was making coffee. Um, and then my husband said to me, he said, Esther, do you still believe in dreams and miracles? And I said, yes, strongly I do. And he said, well, I had a dream that I was handing out Bibles in China and we had an offer to go to China. And actually we never thought of going to China. That was not, not on our list. Mm -hmm. And I, he said, and I strongly feel that this is what we have to do. And so we went and we said, yes, even though we didn't have any idea about a package or schools or, and the company was so generous in, in setting us up in China, you know, incredible what they did for us. And mm -hmm. um, we did start to hand out Bibles in China. Oh, that yeah. is beautiful. Okay. So actually yeah. everything came true exactly the way you, you, you imagine it. Okay. Yes. Even, even more, Tina, even more. It was an, an A, a, a blessed beyond um, experience in China, and how we got you know, how we were protected because you know that it's not always so easy to to yeah to stand upon the religion that you have in China, and yeah. so um, we were protected in many many ways. So yeah, that is that is that is how we how we live our life. <laughs> yeah. Is that I, I, the, the whole thing is I, I have a feeling that we could keep on talking for another hour and, <laughs> and your, your story. And I leave my questions now and um, I can just say thank you. Thank you for being so honest. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, I, I actually have no idea how to end this episode because it's, as I said, I didn't prepare how to start it. Because it got all, I had this, I had this thing. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to prepare um, because I was so overwhelmed, and I felt like, but I felt now I don't know how to end it. So, Esther, is there anything you would like to say? Is there any any ending? Um, is there anything you want where you feel like this? This you want to say this? Or yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm incredibly grateful for the journey that we have had as a family, 
And um, if there is, you know, anyone listening that we got to know or, you know, who has in, in whatever way touched our lives or the lives of our kids, thank you so much for being part of our story. Because of you, I was able to share tonight in this podcast from Tina. And I'm thank you so much, Tina. I, I really felt honored uh, by the invitation that you sent out. And um, if in any way we've been able to help someone through the story, then this podcast was a success. I have to say I'm, I'm 100% sure that it will help someone. And um, maybe I need to say that I didn't dare to ask Esther if she wants to come to the show because I felt like I can't ask her. It's Esther. <laughs> <laughs> well, I told you. I mean, why didn't you think that? No, I, I was so excited. I was like, oh, wow, this this is really yes, yeah, something that I would love to do. And indeed, if I if if we have been able to help any person, you know, this with this podcast, then then it it's been great. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Esther, I thank you. And I thank everyone who was listening. Yes. And I will end this show with the usual thank you for listening. My name is, T my name is Tina. I'm the host of this show. And please take good care.